0: Hello, and welcome back to Retrieving Sanity with your podcast host, Keegan. And today we have the amazing one and only Oscar Bejarano.
1: Bejarano, yeah. Got it right. You got it, you got it, brother.
0: So tell me a little bit about yourself, if you don't mind. Like, uh, what? Uh, where are you from? Uh, what's your DOC? Uh, any mental illnesses, if you got them? Uh, or just
1: lay it on me. Uh, just tell me about you. Yeah. Well, thank you for this opportunity, Keegan. First off, uh, I want to give all honor and glory to God for uh, making me the man I am today. and He's the only reason why that I'm able to hear. That I'm able to be here and speak with you today. Uh, I'm originally from California, born and raised. I come from a, a family of five. Uh, my parents uh, originally are from Mexico. And uh, I was the first generation born here. So uh, my parents uh broke their back for us, bro. They really they really provided everything that we needed. You know, school growing up was amazing. Uh, but I did grow up in California, which is what a little a little rough little rough, you know, school. I mean, I played baseball, uh, you know, uh, went to school, but there was also the streets and about 12 years old, this kind of when I started uh, kind of you know, surrounding myself with people around the neighborhood, and, you know, that's where I started learning about drugs and uh, the lifestyle of California. If anybody knows what that is, they'll know what I'm talking about. So, uh, but uh, started dabbling about 12 years old with methamphetamine, and uh, that's when I got introduced to it. Weed and all that was there, but the methamphetamine kind of just went, kind of what, something that I've never done before, of course, but first time I tried it, it was like, wow. And, uh, that's kind of where my, my downfall was, you know, but that's where my, I wasn't addicted at first, you know, I do it here and there, but once I got to about 18, 17, 18 is really when I started using hard. Still functioning, still going to school, still playing baseball. After high school, I went to uh, junior college, played baseball. Uh, I was actually, uh, going to be a uh, police officer i was in the police academy for just a little bit
0: <laughs> be a police officer yeah sitting there doing all those drugs
1: imagine that right imagine that the lifestyle that i was leading do but that was my aspiration that was one of my dreams that i wanted to do you know and uh yeah. 18 years old i get busted with drugs i mean i got a drug addiction obviously you know i didn't i didn't say that then but you know looking back on there, I did. you know i was using all the time and so that's kind of where things started going uh, south for me, you know, at, at the age of 18. I finished school, I finished school, uh, and uh, after school, I didn't, uh, there was a little lapse there where I wasn't doing, I was working, but uh, I was more in the streets than anything. And uh, there were some situations that happened at home where, you know, I was pretty much forced to leave the neighborhood, you know, from the stuff that was going on there with our, you know, in our neighborhood. And, you know, I'll just say this. You know, our our uh, our house got shot up, and um, you know that was the last straw. My dad said you you gotta go. My mom and dad said you gotta go. I ended up going to Colorado, and that was cool. I lived there for about six years, and uh, working, and brought that lifestyle with me, which I should have left it. But you know, running from something, and I, it was just who I was, and I brought it with me, ended up getting busted in Colorado, too, so uh, uh, I get out in 2000, I'm sorry, in 1997, roughly, and uh, I ended up, uh, I got an opportunity to go to school, Uh, uh, my uh, ex-wife's father, great man, great man, man, he uh, he was my friend, he was my Big father figure. I mean, I got my dad. My dad, I love my dad. He's my father figure. But this man took me in when he didn't have to and gave me an opportunity to go to school. So I ended up going to uh, University of Louisiana Monroe. I got a, con- a construction science degree in 2002 when I graduated and then ended up coming to Texas. Here in Texas in uh, 2000, this fall of, no, I'm sorry, spring of 2002 when I graduated. Ended up, uh, uh. And during that time, bro, I wasn't doing any drugs. You know, when I was in school, I concentrated. I, 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 really hit the books really hard. I was not doing any any drugs then at that time. I concentrated on that, and uh, and uh, so there was a good four or five four years there that I didn't, I, I wasn't doing anything like that. So, you know, and in my mind, I was like, okay, well, I got you know, I got this. I can do it, you know. And ended up coming here to Texas. I uh, worked for this big general contracting company building hospitals, building airports, you know, I was a project engineer, and uh, I thought it. All, I thought I had it all figured out, and God blessed me with uh, a family, uh, a wife, a house, good job, and uh, I ruined it all, I ruined it all by getting back into the drug scene while I was here, and the choices that we make, man, they can either make us or break us, and this Choice that I made to uh, start dabbling in the drugs again, just kind of, you know it kind of it did, it did, it 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 wrecked my family. Ended up getting divorced about nine years later after my uh, after my marriage, uh, and lost my family, lost my house, lost my wife, and uh, my career. And that's when the snowball, I guess, started start you know for me, and I was about thirty four years old. That was when my drug addiction. Hit me hard. I knew I was a drug addict. I knew I was already in trouble. I didn't want to admit it. You know, I didn't want to admit it to anybody. I was hiding it, you know. And, uh, blaming the divorce. Blaming, oh, my job that I lost. I mean, I'm blaming all these things but me. You know. But it was my choice. And it was, uh, uh, a wrong choice. I made a mistake. It was a big mistake. And, uh. There's good news after that. There's good news after this. So, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah brother.
0: So first, whenever you said, uh, whenever you say that, uh, like California was rough in living style. Uh, I'm sure you meant before uh, the drugs and everything even took off. Like it was just hard
1: growing up, right? Um, well, actually, no, uh, Keegan. It it really wasn't my. Like I said, my my parents. My mama was a faithful, faithful woman of God. She was the backbone of our house in our spiritual life she took me to church you know she worked uh, as a cleaning lady she took care of this old man she would uh work for these uh for the school district i mean just whatever she can she also when uh when uh my dad was i was about 7 7 years old later eight, 8 years old i roughly i think it was 7 he went to, he went away he went he went to prison for a while and my mom held the house you know she worked for this uh, a molding place, you know. My mom worked hard, you know. And we've had, I mean, we weren't, you know, we didn't have money, you know. But we had food. Frijoles, arroz, and tortilla. We had enough to eat, you know. And I can remember, you know, my mom would patch our clothes, you know. And I'd have to get, I was hand-me-downs for my brothers. You know, it was, but man, I had an innocent, innocent, you know, growing up. It was, it was good, you know. It wasn't rough. I didn't come from a broken home or a, a, a violent home, anything like that, I, you know, uh, after, you know, a couple of years later, my dad came back into our lives, and uh, from then on, my parents have been together, gave us everything we needed. My dad was our baseball coach, you know, I played baseball since I was six years old, you know, so he was in our lives, you know, it was just maybe a two-year laughter that he wasn't, you know, but other than that, I mean, you know, my brothers, you know, my sister. You know, we were good. We lived we lived okay. So it wasn't like in poverty, but uh I think the choices that I made at that age, you know, I think it was I was misguided, I think, misguided, uh the direction that I was going. I was following somebody that people that I shouldn't have been following, you know. And my mom was there telling me, Hey, don't do this, my dad was telling me don't do that but I made my own choices, you know. Yeah. yeah
0: drug addiction, whenever it like really took off, uh, I know for myself with alcoholism, I know it kind of like ran in my family. So it was easier to sit there and be like, oh yeah, like, of course it was going to happen to me. It, but I had similar uh, feelings with the whole, my upbringing was actually good. My parents were great. Uh, they raised me with uh, fantastic morals and stuff that I wouldn't pass on to my future children. And, and so... I know for myself there was a lot of guilt and, more importantly, shame on my own part that I had fallen into such a deep pit. Yeah. Um, and I know some guys have sat there and used that excuse that, oh, it's in my family. Yeah. but yeah. And so they seem to not feel that. Uh, do you feel shameful or uh, – here's a better way to put it. Do you feel more like you've been able to uh, – uh, what's the word I'm actually looking for? Um, redeem yourself. Do you feel like you've redeemed for a lot of those past actions that you may have felt guilt and shame over all those years ago?
1: Yeah, but you know, as far as the guilt and the shame, uh, again, my parents. I didn't. I didn't learn any of that from my parents at all. My dad was a musician. You know, he 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 was a musician. And he also worked, but you know me seeing my dad do any kind of drugs he might have drank here and there just you know on occasion but he wasn't an alcoholic or a drug addict my mom never you know so that didn't that didn't come from i didn't see that in my home but when outside the doors of my home yeah within even my own family yeah we were all rocking and rolling you know the streets. same thing you know so that's where i learned it all that's where i learned it now but uh You know, so I didn't, I didn't, you know, uh, the choices that I make, that I made then, you know, yeah, I made some big mistakes. I made big mistakes. And also had some good, you know, I made some good decisions too, you know, staying in school. You know, I got my high school diploma and I went to, you know, junior college playing baseball. I mean, I kind of put this, 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 this facade kind of, you know, for my family, for my mom, you know, but come nighttime. I was a totally different person. I'd take off. I'd sneak out of the window. I wouldn't come home for days. I wouldn't sleep for days. And I tried to hide it while I was out out of the house. And uh, but see, I, I that that I do. That I am. Uh, I do regret that. I regret that. I am ashamed of that. You know. You know, because my poor, my mom and my dad, man, that's not what they taught me. You know. So. You know, but I was young and I didn't know any better, and I was just I was uh, involved with. People that, you know, and, I, and again, those those are the people kind of molded me, those people that I was hanging around with, you know, which I call my friends. you know, that was where I was living, you know, and they didn't know any better, I'm sure either. It was just the environment we were in, you know?
0: Yeah, so you're saying that, like, nature versus nurture, uh, you had like, great nurturing, like, you had fantastic parents and everything, but at the end of the day, you were still surrounded by all these negative influences that ended up maybe finding that little chink in your armor that made you go, like, oh, yeah, you know, that sounds like a good idea. Uh, Maybe it's a little bit fun. Who knows? And then, like, I know for my story, it's one thing led to another and then another, and like you said earlier, it's a snowball effect. Yeah, it is.
1: However, there's a However. I had a friend. I won't mention his name, but I had a friend. He uh, hung out with us, went to school with us from elementary school. uh, You know, one of the guys, but never, ever did the same things that we were doing. The streets, the drugs. He would man, he was my, he's my bro now. But yet he chose a different path. And I look back on that. Why didn't I do that? I could have done that, but I did it. So, one, you know, one, one, uh, one must ask himself, I mean, why, I mean, why did I make this decision? You know, when this brother lived four or five, now maybe about eight houses down from where I live. Same neighborhood, same school, same surrounding. But yet he chose to make a different decision. So I think, you know, those are just uh, individual uh, choices that we make. And the choices that we make will change the course of our lives.
0: And I believe that, too. Um, I don't know if I've told you, but I view uh addiction as the disease of choice uh, because it starts with a choice and then it turns into a paradox because yeah. we eventually lose our choice. And then the only way to get out of the addiction cycle, out of that choice cycle, is through yet another choice. Another choice. <laughs> yeah. And- And so it's kind of funny, like, you start with it, you lose it, and to get it back, you have to take that first step again. And I think that's kind of where step one is in the 12 steps is saying, like, okay, like, I'm, and even in the 12 steps, it says I'm willing to do something. Yep.
1: Yep. And that's huge, bro. That's huge. Now, this is something to ponder. The willingness, right? Okay. The willingness to want to change. sometimes... We don't get it we don't we don't get it right we yep. we're we're stuck in this place and we don't know how to you know that let me let me tell you a little bit about me when where this happened okay mm-hmm. so uh when i look back on the choices that i made that got me up to the point of being here in Colorado, in uh, dallas texas everything took a choice of course some were good some were awesome some were not mm, terrible the choice that i made the last choice that i made to Sell drugs, do drugs, try to have power because of the drugs. I was, that was my old self, right? And somehow I, I, I went to school and I was like, no, I'm going to do something different. But yet I went back, full circle, back around to who I was, trying to be that guy. Now I have a career now. I have a job now. I have a wife now. I have kids. But yet I go to full circle and make a stupid choice again to go back to that. Why did I do that, right? It's the it's it's the sin in me, the 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 selfishness in me, the the pride in me, the ego in me, wanting to be somebody, right? To to prove to the world, you know, that I'm. It it was just pride, you know. That's for me. And um, boy, did I get humbled really, 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 really hard. Okay. Uh, After my divorce, after my, you know, losing everything, I ended up homeless. I ended up under a bridge, and I'll just say it, man. I was lost, broken, hungry, eaten out of dumpsters. This time, now I've graduated to using needles, and that was a whole different ballgame there, okay? And I say this because I know there's going to be people that might relate to this, you know? I didn't consider, you know, I, I, you know, I knew I was doing drugs. I knew it was bad. I knew... You know, yes, I had a drug problem. Maybe I'm an addict. But once I started hitting that needle, boy, that was like the ceiling, right? And it turned me into a person. I didn't even recognize that person. I don't like that person. He was not a good person. And the reason why I did that was because I had this big old hole. I was walking from the divorce, from from being embarrassed, ashamed. Uh, you know, hurt from the divorce, you know, uh, resentful, angry. I just had all these built up emotions in me and you know, I didn't know how to get rid of it. I didn't know Christ at that time. I heard of him, God, this, Jesus, that, you know, he'll help you. But I was just so wrapped up in my own feelings and emotions and all this stuff. It was like a big old hole in my chest and I'm walking around and I can't. Breathe. That's what I felt like. And I got so tired of it. And I saw somebody and I'm like, hey, what does that feel like? Here, try it. And I'm like, okay. And I did it. And that hole went, whew, it closed up just for a little while. And then when that went away, the hole got even bigger when I came down. And I had guilt on top of that because I was like, man, I just went to the ceiling with this thing and this isn't who I am. What am I? And I feel ashamed for myself, embarrassed. Like, how can you do that? And in order for that to go away, there I am doing it again. So I didn't want to feel that. I was scared to reach out to my family. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. My, I was just, I, I wanted to leave the world and didn't want to talk to nobody. I mean, I, I became a recluse. I Went under the bridge. I made me a little box out of pallets and cardboard. And that's where I stayed. And I didn't want to hear about nothing or nobody. It's broken, broken. Didn't know how to get out of it. It was it was a, definitely an experience for me, you know. But uh, the way I was able to overcome that, someone bigger than us had a plan for me in my life. At that time, I didn't know it. But I knew I had a problem. I wanted to get out. I didn't know how. And uh, I said, let me give this a shot. Let me talk to this God, Jesus that everybody talks to. And... I was under the bridge one day, recently just had gotten out, bro, three days out of jail. I was in there for about nine months, and there's been times and times where I've been in and out, in and out, along those eight years, or six years that I was in there, under the bridge, but this time was different. This time was different. I came out, and I tried to stay off the, I didn't know I have, first of all, I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't want to go, I mean, I just had gotten out. My parents were in California, my family was gone, and I was here in Texas with no family, nowhere to go, and went back to what was familiar to me, the bridge, under that bridge where everybody was living, all the homeless community. So I, was, I got out and I'm like, I've already started, I made up my mind, I'm going to do something different this time. I'm going to do it. And I've said that so many times. This time is where God said, no, okay, this time we're going to really do something. I came out there with that mentality. And for about two days, three days, I was okay. Fourth day, I ended up doing what I was doing, right. And I can remember, brother, this was huge. I remember before I did it, I sat on a rock, and I was just crying and crying. I was like, "Lord, please help me, help me. I don't want to do this. I, I I know what's gonna. I know the man that's gonna come out when I do this, and I don't. I don't like that person. I don't want to feel this way. I don't. Help me. I didn't know him, right? But I'm giving it a shot. Let me give me. And I ended up doing it anyway. A day later, I'm on the roll, going around doing what I was doing, and we just we won't even get into that. But I get arrested again, and I'm only four days out of jail, and I get arrested again. And uh, God heard my prayer when I was sitting on that rock. I feel that He said, "Okay, you want some help?" Because I did. I didn't know how to help myself. He can only help me, but He heard my prayer, and I get arrested, bro. <laughs> That was the changing point in my life. I get arrested. I go through the city jail again. Then here I go to county again. And I ended up going to the same tank where I just had left five or five days ago. It took me about six days to get back to but Going back to the same place, right? And that's where everything changed, man. I ended up uh, going to the same tank. The guards knew me. I had some homeboys that were in there. Indio, Indio, man, you're back, and I'm sitting. I'm so embarrassed, bro. I'm like, man, I'm like, I just left here, and I'm just broken, bro. Spiritually broken. I'm just desperate. I did, man. It was, it was a, it was something, bro, that I've never, and I wish it upon nobody. And people that are going in and out of jail, prison, they know what I'm, they know what I'm talking about. But it's not fun. And, uh, but that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. That's where I met the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I met him there. He revealed himself to me. And that's a story in itself, brother. But I am so thankful. Thankful that I got arrested. I am so thankful that I had to go through what I went through. Because if it wasn't for that, I would have never met him. That was powerful, the way he revealed himself to me and let me know I am God. I am your Savior. You don't need nothing else or nobody else but me. And when that happened, brother, it was like so comforting. Like you're, you ever had your grandma, your mom, your dad, anybody just hold you like this. So the feeling of uh, the, the the day that uh, I met I met Christ, I met Jesus Christ, and thank God there was a man in there that introduced me to him. And uh, you know I went in there broken, bro, broken and desperate, and I needed I needed some help, and I didn't know how. Who to turn to you know and that man and this was and I this is the way I see it now looking back that all that was prepared for me just the way it happened because it was it was it was it changed my life this man that was in there I've seen him before when I was in there he would do these bible studies and you know prayer circles and you know talk about the bible and talk about the word and I just ignored it and I ignored it but there I am I believe And full circle, come back around, and there I am again. Didn't get it the first time, but I got it the second time because this time I was looking at 15 years in prison. That's what they were trying to give me. And I'm like, oh, you know, I kind of finagled the system to get out here, get out there. I did a year. I did a year and a half. uh, You know, ended up going back, and this was it, 15 years, and I'm just like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? I'm going to. Definitely not see my kids, my mom and my dad might die before I get out. I'm going to be 65 years old. What am I, I mean, I was desperate, so this man introduced me to Jesus Christ he said, "Hey, do you know him?" And I'm like, man, I, you know again, people talk about him but I no, I don't know him. Do you want to know him? I was like, man, I need help, yes, I want to change my life. This isn't who I am i'm a, I'm a I consider myself a good person, you know I come from you know a good family and but I made bad choices and this drug addiction really got it it's got me you know I don't know how to stop so he introduced me to Jesus Christ I gave my life over to the Lord while I was in there and uh, brother because of him I am now five years sober I've been walking with him for five years I ended up going to the uh, Safe P. it's a uh, judicial treatment uh, center and uh I ended up coming up back out and with this another opportunity and uh I feel brother, this is what I feel that God is using me and i'm and i'm and I'm all in I'm all in i and I say this, brother, with no conviction with with just certainty, hundred percent certainty that he is real and because of him and the power that he gave me within me by his holy Spirit, brother. That's how I I was able to overcome what I'm, where I'm at right now. And when we truly give ourselves to him, because I didn't, trust me, bro, this wasn't who I was, but when he revealed himself to me and he's like, I'm real. And this is where I, I I just, you want some help? I got you. I'm going to take care of you. Remember that feeling that I was telling you about him when I was in there and I felt like somebody was holding me? That was him. That was him. That moment when I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to, I give my life to you. And it was so comforting, bro. It was just like my grandma, my mom holding me and she's telling me it's going to be okay, bro. Because I was broken and I wanted some just to be comforted. And that moment that happened, it was amazing. And I wish I could still go through it, but it happened and it went away. But, and I wish I could feel that all the time. But it, And I think that that feeling is kind of why I, I'm chasing it now. It, it, I was intrigued. Whoa, I was blown away. What is this? Who was this? What did I just feel? And because of that, it got me interested in reading the Bible, building a relationship with him, because I want to know, who is this man that came in and made me feel this way? And I can, I mean, it was powerful. And this is what I want to share with others, brother. He's real. And he can help you and transform our life by myself. And I'm just me, by myself, by my own power, my own. Thoughts in my own process. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it until he came in and started transforming the way I think. My heart was hard. He started touching my heart, making it soft again. I'm a big crybaby now, bro. (laughs) But he broke me down, brother. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's nothing wrong with that. He can't use uh, pieces of art that are already finished, right? That's right. That's right. Uh. And with all that, um, do you think that the 15 years, if you had gone through the whole thing, do you think that you still would have found him eventually? Or do you think that it was something
1: that your choice got you? Great question. Great question. When I made, when he revealed himself to me, and this is what I said Lord. Now that now that I know you're real, if God willing, if I don't have to, but if I do have to go, and do these fifteen years, this time you're coming with me because in the past I didn't do that, but this time if I'm gonna go do these fifteen years, you're coming with me. I already had made a decision that yes, I I was I scared, was I was I desperate? Yes, I was, but I had already made a decision. Yes, I, I'm 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 all in because of that experience that I had. I knew I knew it. I knew. At that moment, you no, know, wait a minute. If I, if I have to go here, that's okay. I'm going with him. But we were praying. I was praying. I was asking him, Lord, I've got it. You know, I've got a drug addiction, man. I need help. I give my life to you. Help me out here. <laughs> you know, help me out. You know, but all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That purpose, that wasn't my purpose to go that way. God said, I'm going to. I'm going to use all the good, all the bad, everything you've done in your life because I've got a purpose for you. You love me, right? I've got a purpose for you. And this is my purpose now, brother. I go out and I meet people from the bridge, even now. Thank God that I've got a job. I've got this, uh, you know, I'm in a recovery home and, you know, I'm taking steps. Five years, one year, two years, three years. Okay. So those are my steps right now that I'm taking. I want to get up to that very top of that stairwell, but I've got to take one step at a time right now i got a solid job uh i've got a house where all my brothers here keep me accountable you know which i can leave i can go get made an apartment if i want to but i don't i choose to stay here because i need this accountability i need this structure you know uh, god willing i don't know when that's going to happen but right now i am i am so excited and happy about going out there and seeing the same people where because that's where my job is i go out there and i and uh, I go out and I meet the same people that I used to hang out with and run with. My job, I'm in that area, and they see me. And this is where I give God glory. They come, they see me, and I pull over one night because, you know, they're sometimes they're panhandling, sometimes they're on the Friday nights, Friday evenings, I go and I, you know, uh, and this ain't boasting or nothing like that. I just something that I do to give back and let them know. I go out and I give cheeseburgers, you know, on Friday nights. I go get 30 bucks of cheeseburgers. I go put them in separate bags and I go out there, and this is kind of what I do. And it's something for me personally that I do, but I run into the same people that I was, and they see me. And this is where I give God glory and honor. Guys, it doesn't have to be this way. You guys knew me. You guys knew what I was about. You knew what the life's, guys, you know, look at me. And it's, and it's, I'm not look, praising me or glory me. It's him who changed me, and he can do it for you. And that is where I wanna bring hope and love and encouragement to these people. Right? But we've gotta want it. They've gotta want it, you know? And I get it, bro. I get it. when I was over there, people would come and talk to me and I'm like, ah, just get away, talk about God. You know, I know that what they're thinking. Because I've been there, right? But if I can just reach one person, brother, man, that'd be so awesome. And I have, you know, i I've, I've I've made relationships. I still have them. They haven't gotten out of there yet, you know. But there's resources and I'm pushing them towards resources. There's, you know, lots of resources out here, but they've got to take that step. And I pray that God touches their heart, right? Or don't have to go through the same situation of almost having to go into 15 years in prison. That's, I pray for that. That doesn't happen, you know. I just think that uh, my job right now is to bring encouragement, bring hope, give them love, right? They're, they're people just like we are. And uh, I love doing it, man. It brings me so much joy
0: doing that that's really good and i mean i think more people need to remember the quote unquote forgotten uh because it's like whenever uh from my understanding whenever you're out there it's kind of like you fall off the map almost quite literally and so it's really good that you go and you do what you do and then not only that you're giving credit to the source you're giving credit to the way that you were able to get the help that you need uh the way to change yourself to get better to grow as a person yeah because like you said it's there they just have to take that step yeah and a lot of people uh will sit there in fear and shame and guilt and figure out that hey it's easier this way so you know like why not do it this way because and like you said earlier in your story you're familiar with The pain of the bridge and so you you got familiar you said all right well i forgot my little shack is still over there is it still there oh cool it's still there no one touched it all right like (laughs) yeah i don't don't know if that's like exactly how that happened but i know that that would have been my thought yeah i would would have been like like is my little shack still there do i need to go find some like god like come on no actually
1: somebody somebody had got there and expanded it (laughs) They made a condo out of a little garage shack. (laughs) uh, I didn't know you could do that. (laughs) You'd be surprised. There's some talented, talented people I've come across. No joke. Lawyers, doctors. I mean, educated people that I came across, right? I'd even ask them, bro, what are you doing here? Right? And they'd tell me, wait a minute. Didn't you say you graduated with a degree as well? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah. What are you doing here? Yeah. So, but there's different, different. Sometimes they're we, you know. Again, there. I mean, it's man. I've met people from all walks of life, different stories, man. Hurtful. I'm like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? So I, I get it, man. I mean, you know. But um, there and you're right. Going back, going, going, squaring back to back. What you were saying, we get complacent in our suffering. At least we know what to expect. Tomorrow, okay. In the routine. I'm going to go find some food, go in the dumpster, you know, find some food and then go try to find some money. That was my, that was pretty much, you know, and sometimes I'd be up, sometimes I'd be down, you know. It depended, but I knew what to expect, right? And it's, it's crazy how you get comfortable. I'm going to tell you, I mean, it's, believe me, one would think, how can that be comfortable? But in your mind, you're like, okay, at least I, I'm 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 I know where to go get some food, I know where to go get this, I know where to go get that, but that's not the kind of life, bro, that God wants for us, man. And we, man, we talk ourselves into them, like, now I'm okay, I'm good, and don't move, yeah. Man.
0: And uh, on that note, it's kind of like uh, whenever people are battling, say, depression, uh, and real quick, it also does show that it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what you did, what you do addiction and homelessness can affect anyone and everyone and a lot of people i've talked to homeless people from my hometown and they didn't like same thing some people were actually really smart and talented had education i know one guy he was just out on the street because he just got divorced he did nothing wrong but he had nowhere to go and so like That one showed me that, like, he didn't choose to be here either. A lot of the time, homelessness isn't necessarily a choice. It's just something that kind of happens. Yeah, yeah. But uh, back to that getting a place in part, it's kind of like people that battle depression or other mental illnesses. Uh, Whenever it settles, whenever the dust, quote, unquote, settles, then it's easier to just keep it right where it's at without stirring up dust to find your way out, because why... Mess something up, yeah. What and yeah. like you know where you're at, and it's a lower vibration, right? So yeah. it takes less energy, less time.
1: Yeah. You know, and I pray and I pray that somehow, some way, those people that they're not getting reached, the, the ones that are lost, okay. And I'm gonna say because they're 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 under the bridge, they're living where nobody can see them, right? And they've got a mental health issue. How do you reach those people? Somebody has got to get back in there and say, okay, identify, okay, brother how can I help you? Where's your mind? Where's your heart? How's your heart, right? And that is where God's calling me. Now, the mental part, the mental part, the the, the mental illness, man, I'm not, I mean, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to fix that. right? I know that I've met people and I've talked to them and they're just not all there, right? I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. I pray for them, you know, but I wish that somebody would go back in there and Help these people that need help, you know? Some of them are there because they choose to be there. Others because they don't know any better, you know? They've got uh family uh, uh, crisis that happened in their lives, you know? that. And there's different ones. raped and molested and, you know, divorces. And I mean, all kinds. I've met all kinds, right? And how do you help those people, right? They want help, but there's nobody there to help them.
0: Yeah, it's kind of someone losing their voice and you I know. think uh it's one of those things that there is power in a voice yeah. and I think that giving a voice can be the most powerful tool for some people. Yeah. Yeah. And so for you to go there to let them know that hey, you're not forgotten. There's still people out here that care yeah. about you and it could even be someone that is a total stranger too. Huge, brother. Uh, and I know for me, whenever a stranger's talked to me and given me a compliment or something, which is very rare, but the few times that it's happened, it actually made my day and it made me pull myself out a, at least a little bit and say, hey, look, there's some sunshine behind those clouds. Like, yeah. it's okay. And giving a voice is a hard part, though, isn't
1: it? Brother, it was- words of encouragement, man. I've, I've you know, that, that is huge for building somebody up. Just telling them, hey, it, I love you. God loves you. A word of encouragement. Tom. look, bro, you're not alone. I mean, there's still human beings just like us, right? And I think that every human being wants some kind of attention, wants some affection. And that's where, brother, I lived it. I know what that feels like, even though I was rejected. But deep down inside of me, that's what I was wanting, right? I was wanting some attention. But most of all was that power that came in from him. That was what I really needed. Now, bro, this is what I want to share. That light that is in me. I want to share it to these people, brother. I want to go out and I want to. That's just what I, I love doing, right? And, you know, I just, um, I'm still walking, I guess, and you say I'm, you know, but I've got this desire. And if I meet people that would love to help me with that, man, great, let's go do it, right? God says that if you refresh others, I'll refresh you, right? I love doing that because I get something out of it too. Brings me joy, man. When I know and I'm go over there and I put a smile on somebody's face, man. You know, bring them a, you know, a cheeseburger. Man, it's so cool. And not because it's me, man, because it's him, right? But just seeing the 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 uh, the smile on their faces and just a little chit chat, bro. How you doing, man? I hug on them, you know, and they get like, whoa, what are you, you know? I'm like, bro, come on, it's all good, right?
0: They're afraid you're going to give them something,
1: (laughs) bro. But this, and you could be amazed, bro, how just that little affection, that little attention, they'll sit down and they'll start opening up to you, right? Yep, and
0: And, uh, it comes from a total stranger, so it's even more powerful, yeah. And you said something really big right there, too, that uh, God says He'll restore you. Uh, it's, I don't remember what kind of saying it is, but it's that you can use a match to light one candle, but you can use one candle to light a thousand other candles. And then one won't go away. And it's kind of like what's said in uh, some 12-step meetings is you got to give it to keep it. Yeah, yeah. And so on and so forth. And so I think that you being the first person to reach out and show continued support is definitely filling you back up more so than even if you don't see the results you're still planting seeds and sometimes we plant a seed and we don't see the fruit of the tree because it happens maybe years later maybe generations later but the thing is is that that seed wouldn't be there if it wasn't for you yeah so it sounds to me that you're i believe that you're planting a whole bunch of seeds and maybe some of the dirt's really hard but you're sitting there going back and telling it and Pushing that seed even further in And then sitting there
1: going like Alright, well I guess just here's some water this time Yeah, well <laughs> we, we plant the seeds And God gives And and God gives the growth Right? That's all I'm doing uh, But um, you said something right now That, you know uh, I just lost my
0: track keep... <laughs> <laughs> Well, if it comes to mind Just feel free to say it yeah. So yeah,
1: man, and so, But man, I just I You know I love where I'm at li- right now in my life. I've never, ever been so happier than these last five years, right? Of course, my I love my, my, my child, you know, my children's birth. I mean, I had some great things personally, me, within me. I'm not carrying any weight. I'm not carrying any baggage. There's still a few amends that I need to make, and God's working on me right now with those as we speak, right? But I just hit the very top of my list, my very... The top of my, the resentments that I have, I hit and I got it off and I've got several to go still, but it's progress, man. And every time I check one of those on my list, man, it feels great. Right. And yeah. again, I've been sober uh, and I just feel so free right now. So happy. I've never knew that this lifestyle could even be possible for me. And here it is, brother. Yes, yeah, sir. Amazing feeling. Amazing very amazing
0: feeling and yeah. making those amends that is a crazy feeling too because you're not just healing the you and the you now you're healing the you back then and that person in the here and now and back then if they allow you to and
1: forgiveness is huge brother and that was a big part of mine my anger and bitterness and resentment i was angry for stuff that's happened in the past that people did towards me and this whole process while me having a relationship with God he was telling me and he's telling me look this is what you the words right there just follow the instructions but I was like man how do I do this I don't like this person this person did this and this this to me and I was holding it in right and it was just weighing me down right and the only way that I was able to do that, to, uh, overcome that, is by asking for forgiveness and forgiving also. It's a two-way street, right? Yep. You can offer forgiveness, right? And if they want to take it, that's up to them. But you cleaned up your side of the street. If they ask for forgiveness, you say, brother, I forgive you and let it go, right? And I'm getting a lot better at that. I mean, I am because before I didn't know how to do that or didn't want to do that. And yep. again, that's what's another blows my mind. Where does that desire come from? Cause if it was me, I wouldn't have done it. It was him who guides me now, and prompts me, and tells me this is the way, son. And if you want to be useful for me, you've got to let these things go. Huge, brother. And again, man, I, I, I'm, I can honestly say, brother, right now that I've, because of those things, man, I'm a, I'm a happier person for sure.
0: And that's really good. And yeah. I mean, you wouldn't be right here where you are right now, given your story. And now this is gonna hit who knows how many people and you're gonna affect who knows how many more lives and Praise God. Praise God. And <laughs> I mean that's the thing though too, right? You you don't know. And I think that's part of the beauty in it is that sometimes you don't have to know because otherwise, like you said in the very beginning of this interview was that your pride got in the way what happens whenever your pride gets in the way of your mission right yeah so and i think that's one thing that is also a double-edged sword it's like any human emotion and feeling is that it's good whenever it's directed properly because an emotion is kind of like a tool it's either used for good or it's used for bad and a lot of the times i think we're in
1: the uh, ignorance part whenever it's being used for bad. <laughs> yeah. One thing I know about emotions is that they're temporary, right? Give yeah, it a little never. bit, it'll change. Yep. Your thoughts control your emotions. Your emotions controls your behavior, and your character is defined by your behavior, right? Yep. But it all starts right here, and these emotions and that, I we all get them. You know, oh, <laughs> we yeah. all get them except for robots. <laughs> we all have them, man. And sometimes I got to check myself too on that too. You know, I do. Um, But I've learned to process now. Think about it before I make a decision. Don't ever, ever make a decision based on your emotion. Don't ever do that. Because now I've done that in the past. Some turned out okay. Some did not turn out okay.
0: Yeah, that's hard to separate, though. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah, so. But yeah, brother. Yeah.
0: I mean, we've got a lot to learn all the way over and through. And. I mean, I know that the more that I learn, I know that I know less
1: than what I knew before. I learned what I just learned. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll never stop learning, you know. No, I feel that we we always seek truth and seek, uh, you know, to learn. You know, it's a it's 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 mind blowing, bro. How our our mind is so powerful. Our hearts are so big, bro. Where we can absorb and. I don't know how, where this future is going to send us, brother, but I knew no doubt that this path that we are on now, right? Mm-hmm. It's in God's hands, of course, but man, we're going to be doing some big things, I feel. Yeah. You with your podcast, bro, you are touching, I don't know how millions of people. We... Yes, bro, it's awesome. Uh, well, with that, uh,
0: do you have any words that you'd like to share with either someone that, might be on the street and overhearing this somehow, anyone that's in active addiction or maybe thinks they have a problem, anyone that used to, uh, friends or family of loved ones that are struggling or just words of encouragement, wisdom, anything, just let it rip.
1: Yeah, so the things that are important to us can be measured by how much time we are willing to give of ourselves to it. Right? That was Rick Warren. It's a quote of his. The things that we spend our time doing, that's what's important to us. What's important to you? Is the drugs important to you? Is the lifestyle important to you? Is your family important to you? Right? Reflect on that. Right? Reflect. What's important to me? Right? If you draw near to God, he's going to draw near to you. For one. Right? I want to change my life. I don't know how. Jesus Christ is the way. He is it. He's the truth, the way, and the life. And he is the only one, brother, with my experience, that was able to get me to where I'm at today. Right? So, seek a higher power. Jesus Christ. because He is the life. The life source of everything that happens around us. And if I can encourage somebody, there's resources out there. Go to the 24-hour club, that's where I went. That's where those those people were amazing out there. There's Salvation Army. There's Treatment Center. Go reach out to somebody, right? Accept the help. Look at yourself, your pride. Let it go. Let go of your ego, right? Because there's power within you, brother. There's beautiful things within you that you can do. You can accomplish this. Right? If you truly, truly want to change your life, you can do it. It happened for me and it can happen for you. In closing, I'd like to encourage those who are in their active addiction seek some help. Go out there and uh, give yourself a chance. Uh, Love yourself and uh, give yourself every opportunity to uh, change your life. When I'm about to step away from that path that I'm on, this scripture is one that I've remembered. And it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it goes like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. That's all you've got to do, guys, is trust in him. Lean on his understanding, not our own. And he's going to direct your path. we got to do our part. but Trust him, brother. He's got you. He's got your back. He loves you. And uh, there is help out there. And another, another somebody else I'd like to address is those of us who are blessed to have a little bit of a more financial stability, go out there and help somebody, go help somebody that you don't know, a homeless person, somebody you just meet on the street, doesn't have to be financially, but just a word of encouragement, a smile, uh, a hug, tell somebody you love them, because I promise you there's somebody out there, either in our families, in our neighborhoods, somebody we know, or somebody that they know that it is in active addiction, and all they need to hear is a word of encouragement. Just let them know that there's somebody that cares for them, and uh, and be the be there for them. Let's impact the world in a positive way, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and of hope in Him. And uh, brothers, this just uh, I encourage everybody to uh, just love on somebody and uh, encourage somebody. That's all I've got. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you very much, Oscar.
1: Thank you, uh, Brother Keegan. And uh, I encourage you, to, Keegan, to continue doing what you're doing with this program, brother. Man, you're, this is amazing. And uh, God bless you, brother. You are going to do some amazing things with this and reach so many people with your podcast, brother. And, Keep it up.
0: And you're going to do the same. And I know you already have with this uh, certain episode. So I Praise God. Thank you. All glory thank you. be to God. Thank you, bro. Thank you. If you like this episode of Retrieving Sanity, follow us on Facebook and visit us at retrievingsanity.com. And make sure to hit a like, follow, subscribe on Podbean or any other app that you can listen to any podcast on. Now, don't forget that this is a new year, so don't forget to set a new day's resolution, not a new year's resolution. And like Oscar said, if you know someone that needs help, help them out. But at the same time, if you need help. Go get help. So with this, we're going to leave right here, and we will see you next week. Sh-tod.